Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. Amen. Thank you so much. You guys are looking good out there. We love y'all. Feels good to uh, come together and worship. Um, you guys are seeing some blue shirts, blue shirts out there. Have you noticed? A couple little sprinkles, sprinkles of blue. <laughs> You're looking down like, did I wear blue? I'm saying a specific shirt. <laughs> Any blue is great, but there's some blue ones with the City Group logos. Um, as you guys may have noticed, it's our City Group Sign Up Sunday. We're kicking off our small groups for uh, the year right now, today, and it's exciting. Um, I, I, I am excited. Like God's doing a new move right now. There's a new move of God. You know, sometimes I think we go along with our life thinking it's just really linear and we just move forward and things are just happening. But how many of you know God is a God of seasons? He's a God who creates seasons. He does day. He does night. Um, There's hot seasons, cold seasons, seasons of harvesting, seasons of planting, um, that there are seasons. And I would like to say we are in a new season um, in our church, in um, the body of Christ, I think at large, obviously I hope every church is experiencing power and revival and salvation and all the things. That's my prayer for the whole body of Christ. But this body is on fire. God is just pouring out his goodness and it's only, we're scratching the surface. Like you think this is good when you get brothers and sisters coming in unity and agreement. I mean, we're in agreement with heaven Like all the angels are agreeing with us and they have this resounding worship for our king where every tribe, tongue, and nation will worship the lamb. And I know when we just start saying, oh yeah, we're going to gather with with him in mind as our our one thing, we're going to see more. Heaven on earth, it's powerful. He's going to break in. Um, I, I just wanted to say, I have taken over pastoring the city group's ministry. So our beautiful Amanda um, that was just up here and her husband Bryson, they pioneered our city group's ministry. They, they yeah, let's give him a hand. Yeah. They laid a, a, a groundwork and a foundation that is awesome. It is, they did a great job. And Bryson, I just want to say thank you guys. They did it out of their hearts. They did it as a volunteer. They just had a passion that our church would have community in small groups. And so they jumped out, gave all their time, their work. They are the ones who have these shirts designed that you don't even, you don't even know how hard they've worked. (laughs) So they laid this foundation and I'm honored to inherit a ministry that you did very, very well with. So thank you guys. Let's give them honor. Thank you guys. Good job. Well done. Vasquez. Vasquezes. Vasquezin? What's the plural for Vasquez? Vasquezes. Okay. Okay. All right. So you guys might have heard me earlier um, this month. I, I was up here doing ministry time and I actually got a word in my spirit that I was kind of externally processing When it happens, sometimes I do that. I'm like, oh, I think that was God. And I said this. I said, God is making the wise zealous again so that the young zealots would become wise. What the heck does that mean if you don't speak Christian? What? The world. Okay. Wise are people who are um, seasoned in God. 
your seasons, you've known God a long time. You've walked with him. You've navigated seasons. You have gone through fire because you live in the earth. <laughs> Everybody's had a lot of trials, and you get wise, right? When you know God for a long time, when you walk through seasons, it makes you wise. It makes you wise to things. I've seen this before. I know what to do, right? All right, so God wants to put more fire. I think we have a lot of people who are older in that older generation that are zealous, that are on fire, but there's even more because I want to pull on your wisdom. Like, I want to activate it. I want to give you a place to say, okay, guys, I am a little older, and I do know some things about marriage. I know some things about raising kids. I know some things about how to have blessed finances. That's the wisdom that you have fought for. And we want that in the young zealots who are just new, just on fire for God, that don't know what the heck to do. Every trial is new. Every situation is new. Every sleepless night for that mama is new, and she thinks it's the end of the world. She needs your wisdom. Amen? So there's a symbiotic thing happening with all of us. We are a multi-generational, multicultural church where God is making us need each other. You guys need the passion in the young ones, and they need the wisdom that you have. Yes? So I just think that is in terms of our city groups, what I'm starting to see happen from God. Um, I have to announce to you, 31 city groups today are starting. What? We're a three-year-old church, and I'm telling you, this is not people who are doing this out of compulsion because they have to, or we just need to fill a spot. These are people who we have, our pastors have personally reached out to and said, would you open your life up? Would you open your home up? We really trust you. Would you make yourself available for people to come and grow and have a safe place to belong? And so it's very exciting. So I want to talk a little bit about small groups today. I hope you just get it. It's anointed. I'm just going to tell stories. I will make it legal. I will use the Bible starting now. All right. Okay. Acts 2, 42. Let's turn there. I'd love it if I heard paper turning, but probably scrolling is happening too. All right. Don't forget about this. Don't, don't forget your sword. Hi at home, by the way. I love you. I see you. I pray for you. Okay, Acts 2, 42 through 47. Speaking about the early church after Jesus had um, died on the cross and ascended, and then the um, 120 were waiting in the upper room, and the Holy Spirit was poured out. So they went from 12 to 120 to an outpouring of the Holy Spirit where there were thousands in days that were new, fiery believers for God. And God had a strategy. He doesn't want just a mass of people to not know who they are and be just random. He wanted to make them feel connected and belong. And so this is kind of how they did things right at the beginning. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to everyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Say temple courts. This church. It's a big corporate gathering. They met together in church, okay? All right. <clears throat> they broke bread in their homes. Say homes. 
and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So as I said, temple courts, we um, take that as our corporate gatherings in the church all together. Homes would be city groups or small groups or just groups of people who have something in common, which is the Lord Jesus. And we just want to gather together. I love the idea that they took communion together all the time. They had, you know, the bread and the wine to always remember the Lord, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, because that's the whole point (laughs) of it all. And I would like to also submit that Jesus was part of a small group. Ever thought about that? He was part of the 12, and also he had an inner circle group of three, if you actually look into it. So very quickly, I want to share part of my life with you. I'm not trying to put you in a program. I'm not trying to sell you something. Some pastors, you know, you're like, what are you trying to sell me? I am not trying to sell you anything. I want to just tell you about my life. I'm going to tell you three stories quickly. The first story is this. When I was 18 years old, I was a very broken, hurting girl. I had known the Lord Jesus at a young age, and I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I knew him my whole life. I've loved him. But from the time I was in about fourth grade until about 18 years old, my family just wasn't part of a church or anything. So I didn't even know youth group existed. I went to public school. I thought Christians were kind of nerdy. Sorry. I did. I just couldn't relate to them. So I was like, "Uh, do you ever not be perfect? I don't know. Um, So anyway, I just didn't have a grid for for anything. I had never seen people be passionate for God for more than a week or like giving their heart to God at a weekend service or whatever. So anyway, I was hurting, broken, messed up. I came to a giant church of about 3,000 members and I remember walking into the church and just like crying, feeling the presence of God. It was so powerful. And that very weekend was the weekend where they announced that there were going to be young adults, small groups starting up from 18 to 30-year-olds, and I was just 18 years old, just graduating high school. This was in the year 2000, if you want to do the math. <laughs> so I, um, I went out to the foyer. This very nice young adult handed me a piece of paper. I called this piece of paper and said, hey, I want to come to your house. I don't know you, but I'm going to come over. <laughs> so I showed up. I think I brought a friend with me. My friend was a lot churchier at that time. I knew a Christian, and I took her with me. And um, so she kind of knew how to do it, and she was kind of talking and sharing, and I just sat there and cried. And I, I mean, I don't know if I cried at that one, but I was just kind of shy, like, what is happening? I don't know. And I just was in it. And then, and then my friend found out they liked the Holy Spirit and stuff like that, so she's like, I don't like that group, so I'm not going to go back. And I was like, I love that group. I am for it. I'm about it. I don't get it, but I'm going to go back. So I just kept going back by myself every week. Every Tuesday night, I went to group, and it would shift, and it would change. And then what happened was these girls found out that I could play the guitar a little bit, and I was kind of a little hippie. I'd play at coffee shops, and I played a little Chicago and kind of did like covers of old songs and stuff. And so they said, would you like to lead worship for us? And I was like, I don't even know Christian songs. So what I would do is I would just play the one they played on the weekend before that week and my group and it would go well and God would bless it and anoint it. And then they began to ask me more questions. Hey, will you do icebreaker? Hey, will you do this? Will you do this? Before I knew it, I was leading a group. Guys, 
tricked me into it. I knew enough Bible, and I just, I just loved it. And it became my lifeline. And then I began to raise up other little young women who I could see, like, there's something in there. There's something there. It's not developed yet, but it's in there. And then here I am because of a small group, for real. That's how I met my husband. We met and uh, started leading a young adults group together. We were paired up as leaders, and then Kurt would be like, we should go to Applebee's to work on the lesson. <laughs> we really need to, is it getting the word together? It's for the group, it's for the group. <laughs> it's, all for, it's all for them. Okay, so that's my first story. I literally don't know where I would be or who I would be had I not gone to that group. I was encountering God at church, but they gave me a place to have a family and to belong and to be known and to be prayed for. And um, I thank God. And I'm still in touch with these beautiful women. I don't know if Jess is here today. Is she here? Jess, you're up here. So my very first city group leader is here. Small group leader is here, Jessica Dean is up there. And her parents are Norman Vicky, and they're going to lead a group. This is a miracle. Like, they live in Denver, and they come here because God's moving. But she was my first little mama who prayed for me. How cool is that? So listen, this is not a program. I'm not selling you. I'm telling you it's real. Like, God wants you to be connected because you will grow into a pastor's wife. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> or a pastor. I am a pastor, too, but whatever. All right, I am a pastor. Whew. All right. Okay, so second story, story number two. I'm, I'm going to try not to ramble too much, but I just want to tell you some stories because that's the whole point is it changed my life. It'll change yours. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What does that mean? It means if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. If he does it for one, he can do it again. And I'm praying that the thing that happened to me would happen multiple, multiple, multiple times because he's so good and he cares about lonely people who are broken. He wants to bring out the best in them and put them in community. That's why. Second story is this. There was a time in my life after Kurt and I got married when we were not connected to groups at all. We were young adults pastors, and we were serving, loving life, like having a great time, having young kids. We were pouring out a lot. We had friends, but a lot of our mentality was, as a pastor, you, you just suck it up. You show up. You're anointed. You're powerful. You get up on the stage. You prophesy. But people don't really know you're going through hell on the inside. Heck, sorry. PG-13, sorry, I apologize. God, cover them. No, just kidding. Anyway, um, so as you guys know, life happens, even to pastors, even to people who are on the platform. And I don't like to be fake. I don't want to be someone here that I'm not at home. So it's kind of tricky. And sometimes you get mixed up in that without knowing it, without even knowing, oh my gosh, I am dying inside. And I didn't realize it because nobody actually knows what's going on with me. So basically, we had a miscarriage. We, um, I started having serious health issues, serious health issues, like such pain. I had to go to the ER. They'd give me Dilaudid, and they wouldn't even touch the pain that I was going through. It was crazy. But then I would go away, and I'd be fine. So nobody at church even knew about it at all. And then uh, we had a diagnosis for Trinity that she was um, autistic, and I didn't realize how much I was grieving over the dream of 
what I thought my life would look like and then the reality of what it was. So I'm processing this. I know you guys have your own stories, but this is the deal. Nobody knew I was dying inside because I was still leading really well. God was blessing my ministry. He was blessing everything, but I didn't, I wasn't known. So that's not okay. I don't care how old you are, what your job is, how smart you are, how many degrees you have. It's not okay. Okay. So don't have an ego (laughs) in it. Every person is made to belong. So the third story is this. About six years ago, a friend of mine invited me to her house for a small group, Kurt and I. I'm going to be honest with you. I did it because I felt like I had to. Um, I went, we went to the group. We went to Windsor. We had small kids. We had to drive. It was a sacrifice. We worked all day. Didn't feel like showing up, but we really liked the friends. So what we did was we committed to go every week because it was one of those things that's like eating vegetables. It's like, at first you're like... I should do this, you know, I should do this. So I really love the people, but I didn't know people. And at first it's a little bit uncomfortable to have to get to know people and it takes a lot of effort and you'd rather just watch a football game on TV, I know, or Netflix. But listen, what happened was because we just sacrificed our, our want or our wonder and our time and we just committed and said, no matter what, this is important for us. We showed up. I'm going to tell you guys, This group has morphed over the years, and some people have come in and come out, but there has been a commitment lock-in with this group that I've been part of now for about five years, the same people. These are my people, guys. We've gone through fire. Every couple in this group has gone through a fiery, fiery trial. We have prayed together. We have prophesied over each other. We have spoken declarations. We have been friends. We've laughed till we cried. We've been through crazy stuff. Our kids are friends. And that's what happens when you commit to just showing up. Eventually, after years, we do vacations together. Kurt and I plan our whole life around this night of the week because it is so important to the health of your pastors, to have people who just know them and who are not impressed with us. They are not impressed with us. And that is so important when you're on a stage and when you're in front of people. The people just, it's like, they just know I'm just me. Okay? Um, I think you guys need to be in a group. Now, I would just want to say this. We are part of a closed group because that happened organically over time. We also know that there has to be an outflow. We can't just sit there and be like, da, 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 we love each other, us four, no more. Kurt and I have always made an open group available that we lead. So we lead our running group right now because that's what we have capacity for. We do dash and dine. And we have a group. Anybody can come, even if you just want to walk. We go to the park every Saturday at 8 in the morning. And we do a workout together. And then we go out to coffee or breakfast. And then after daylight savings in the spring, we change it to Wednesday evenings, and we do a workout, and then we go out to dinner and have a quick dinner. We have fellowship. We hang out. It's really fun. So every believer should have inflow and outflow. Every person belongs. And I would submit that you even belong before you believe, because I didn't even know what I believed, but they let me be part of the group anyway. And I grew, and then I believed after I belonged. Amen? 
All right, so I'm gonna get quickly, I'm gonna try to plow through these things because I wanna introduce you to our groups and tell you a little bit about how to get connected. I just wanted to share those stories from my life. I'm gonna give you four quick points. Um, This is called Finding Life in Community. These are four benefits of city groups. I wanted to title it Friends with Benefits, but Kurt said no. Kurt said that was weird, and I thought, (laughs) Kurt thinks, so, so we're calling it Finding Life in Community. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's go, let's go. Four benefits of city groups. Number one is unity. They're all going to be itty words. It's fun. They all rhyme. It's super cute. It's cute. It's memorable. Unity. When we're in unity, we get God commands a blessing, and he gives us his presence. How many of you want to be commanded a blessing from God over your life? Psalm 133, I referenced it earlier. I'm going to read it. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows or commands his blessing, even life forevermore. It is good and pleasant to come into agreement with others in the body of Christ. How good and pleasant it is when my people sit alone and write a very provocative Facebook post. How good and pleasant. How good and pleasant it is when my son sits in judgment of others and stays on the fringes. How good and pleasant it is when my daughter keeps to herself because she can't trust people because she's been hurt before. How good and pleasant. When we come together, his brotherly love does something powerful. His presence comes. And when it's talking about that oil that runs down Aaron's beard like a creepy, weird picture, I love it. It's so funny. It's like, what? Beard on an or oil on a beard? Okay. And all of his clothes. It's the, the priestly anointing oil that was fragrant. And God is t- trying to give you a picture that is holy when we come together in unity. And it's powerful and it's fragrant, and it smells good, and it drips all, all over everything. Think about if you spill oil on yourself. It gets on all your clothes, all over, and other people can smell it. Have you ever broken a vial of like a, like a doTERRA oil at your house? I have. Oh, spill it, and it smells up your room for the next seven years. <laughs> I might have had one of my daughter's spill an oil all over my bathroom one time, and it was fragrant. But that's what it's like um, when you come together. There's a fragrance. There's a blessing in it, when you, and God commands a blessing, and it's tangible to other people. They, can, they get it. Do you get it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then the, the imagery of the dew on Mount Hermon falling on Zion, it's, it's speaking of like rains and abundance and fruitfulness. There is life in it. And the best thing, God bestows a blessing, commands a blessing. Of course, we come into unity and we have fellowship with big church, with the body of Christ at large. But I want to prove to you that it also is powerful to be in a small group, that God blesses it. Because Jesus said it in Matthew 18, 20. He says, where two or three are gathered in my name, 
there I am in the midst of them. You don't have to have a big group. Some of you are called to have two, three, four people. Awesome. Because guess who's going to show up? Jesus. You gather in his name and he will be there in your business. So unity, it'll bring a blessing and he'll bring his presence. I can have God's presence everywhere I go by myself. Absolutely. I carry the Holy Spirit of God on the inside of me. I have revival in my heart all day. Unbroken connection with the Father. But there's a difference, Jesus says, when I'm with two or three people gathered in his name. I want access to that too. I don't want to just be by myself. I want access to what that is. There's something more. And obviously the corporate setting is the next level. He also fills the temple, right? Okay. So number one, unity. Yeah, that's what you get. The second benefit is community. You were made to belong. God designed his kingdom as a family. It says he's a good father, and he wants us to be part of a family. And this is the verse that means so much to me, and it's in Psalm. I didn't put it on the thing, but I'll tell you. Psalm 68, 6. God puts the lonely in families. I know this is true. You can be in a family. You can be around people all the time, and you can be the loneliest person in the world. Actually, my dad moved uh, to downtown Denver in a skyscraper one time because he had a corporate job down there. And he would, you know, go hang out and play chess with people at Larimer Square, and he was around people. He said it was so lonely. One of the loneliest places he's ever lived with all those people. So your proximity to people has nothing to do with the condition of your spirit. So don't tell me I'm part of a group if you're around people. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me I am known if people don't know you. Being around people is not the same as being in a family and being known and being in fellowship with other believers. I know it because it was me. So what happened with me when I gave my heart to Jesus is I began to um, let go of going out to places that I would be sinning, you know, bars and clubs and parties and being around certain kind of people. Jesus was friends with sinners, but he was spending all his time with the saints. So I needed to find some saints because I was lonely. So anyway, God put me in a group of saints to be my family. And he'll do it for you. Sometimes it takes time. Don't be discouraged. Some groups are weird. Some groups don't gel. It doesn't mean it's broken. It just means try again. Just keep looking. Keep trying. Don't give up. Come find me. Come find Kate. I'll introduce you. We'll help you figure your spot. So if it doesn't work on the first try, it's okay. Nothing's wrong with you. I mean, it might be, but we'll help you with that. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, there might be something wrong, but... All right. Number three, you get immunity. Immunity. You get people who are going to stand with you and keep you immune from the schemes of the enemy. You get brothers and sisters who will fight for you when you cannot fight for yourself. We are passionate that we fight for you because the enemy loves to pick off that sheep that's just wandering by itself. No protection. Struggling, broken. That is easy prey. You guys know, First Peter, I'm reading from the Passion Translation in this. Be well-balanced, always alert, because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. God says we're sheep and we need to stay with our fold. We have to. And sometimes there's those mama sheep that are mean and they're like, get away from that one. And they'll put you behind there and protect you. And you just be part of a group and then you let the 
those stronger ones around you and fight for you. Also, immunity from sin issues or issues that we're just struggling with in our flesh over and over. You guys know in James, this is also Passion Translation 516. Confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another or sinned against one another or sinned. Then pray for one another to be instantly healed for tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. How many of you want to be instantly healed and have tremendous power released through the prayer? Maybe you don't have a powerful prayer. Maybe they have a powerful prayer for you. Go get it. Yeah. So that, that'll help you with immunity in that way. And the other way that it helps you with immunity, if you're ashamed to go to a group because you're filing for bankruptcy, divorce, you haven't had a job for a long time, you are struggling with a sin issue, you, whatever, you feel rejected all the time everywhere you go. The best way that God uses people is he'll take someone who has been divorced and is now restored and full of life to help you. That's the group you go to. You don't know how to have a good marriage. You fight all the time. You go to one of the groups with a good couple who is a good example. You've never seen a good example. Go find one. Like, don't be ashamed of it. If you have addiction or anything like that, you want to be with a guy who knew how to get free from that addiction. You don't want to hide out and be embarrassed about it. You want to see how you do it. My, fi- my favorite story when I was a young adult is there was a men's group and this 19-year-old kid that was so awesome. I heard about the men were just like worshiping and God's presence was showing up. And he threw his arms up in the air and he goes, I can't stop smoking pot. <laughs> and they prayed for him and he got free. And it was amazing. Yeah. This is another thing when I was preparing this message. Um, I think a lot of you guys have been praying for freedom and you've been crying out. And you're like, God, will you set me free? Will you give me wisdom? Will you help me? And I truly, I'm not being gimmicky or cheesy. I believe this is an answer to prayer for a lot of you guys. In these groups, you're going to find a lot of answers to the prayers you've prayed. The prayers your mama prayed. So, if you don't want your prayers answered, go ahead. Just stay home. It's fine. (laughs) But where am I leading you? (laughs) If you do want answered prayers, sometimes it looks like actively doing something different and doing it the way you didn't think you had to. Sometimes God uses other people that you don't like or you don't honor or respect, and that's the person that has what your breakthrough is. So... Humble yourself. It's, sorry, it's, I'm a mom, so that's how I mom people. But you guys know it's lovely because I do the same thing every day, okay? I'm always humbling myself. Okay, I don't know about that person. Yes, I'm going to have them pray for me. Yes, I'm going to go let them serve me because I need what they have. It's powerful. Okay, unity, community, immunity. The fourth and last point I have is opportunity. We become our best selves when we bump up against other believers. Being trained in character is what happens, okay? Proverbs 27, 17, the Passion Version, again, it takes a grinding wheel to sharpen a blade. So one person sharpens the character of another. How many of you would rather be dull or sharp? 
if I had to describe you? You're like, they're dull. <laughs> or would you rather be sharp? Well, how do you get sharp? Do you read a lot of books by yourself and then you post about it on Facebook because you're so smart and so amazing? Or have you been buffed off by other people getting that old junk off of you so we could see who you really are, the refined you? I'm going to put a slide up. I love this so much. Michelangelo is pretty good. He did pretty good work. Ever heard of him? The David, the, the statue in Sistine Chapel, right? Yeah, he's incredible. He's an artist. And he said, the sculpture is already complete within the marble block before I start my work. It's already there. I just have to chisel away the superfluous material. Listen, when you put your faith and trust in God and in Jesus, you are a new creation. It's there. It's fully formed. Your spirit is united with God. You got the goods. Listen, some of us can't see it yet because you're still not acting right. And we're chiseling away to release that beautiful thing that God has put inside of you. When we planted City Lights Church, I had this image of people. I want people who have had the most dysfunctional families in the world come to our church and learn what a family looks like. I want the people who had a dad who was abusive, crazy, drinking, they come here and they become the best dad this city's ever seen because they were mentored and discipled. They became shaped by people sharpening them into who they really are. They're not like their dad. They're like that new creation that all of us want to see. Listen, I didn't start out a pastor's wife. I didn't even know that. I had anxiety. I had fear. I was a mess. But over time, those rough edges start coming off when you let other people get in there and help you. Right? All right. All right. You like it? Good. Okay. All right. Just going to recap, and then I'm going to have Kate, if you want to come on up. So four benefits of city groups, unity, community, immunity, opportunity. Just do it. Be hungry, be open, be humble. Put yourself out there. God will catch you. You can jump off a cliff and he'll grab you. Don't do that really. In the spirit. In the spirit. With your heart. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us and we hope you have a blessed week.